Hello and welcome to the third episode of Sierra Athletics Media Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts today, Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, along with uh, my two co-hosts, Francis C. Harris and Charles F. Harris, uh, the brothers Harris, (laughs) and they are also uh, the the co-authors of the Pictorial History of the African American Athlete, uh, a work in progress that all of these podcasts are based on. Uh, so tonight, uh, on this particular episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Basketball Hall of Famer uh, Earl Lloyd. Um, uh, and I'm going to turn immediately to, uh, to Francis to get a little bit of background. Who is Earl Lloyd? And also, what is the CIAA? Well, Earl Lloyd is the first African American to uh, play in the National Basketball Association, uh, the first African-American to be signed by an NBA franchise. And he played his collegiate ball at uh, West Virginia State University, which at the time was in the CIAA. The CIAA was the first uh, black college conference. It was formed in 1923. One of the main organizers of the conference was Charles H. Williams. Uh, from Hampton Institute, which is now Hampton University. Mm -hmm. And it was called the Colored Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Interesting. And why is that? (laughs) Because of Jim Crow. Yeah. Well, I think it was uh, because, well, the same reason that historically black colleges and universities were established. Sure. Uh, African Americans, most African Americans were going to historically black colleges and universities, and they looked for uh, a conference I think CIAA is the first conference followed by the SIAC, which is a Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. And then you have the SWAC, so mm-hmm. uh, Southwestern mm-hmm. Athletic Conference. Not that, which people might know, may have heard of Grambling. Grambling yes, yeah, Grambling, Grambling State Southern, University. Southern Jackson State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purview. Yep, that's part of the SWAC. Mm-hmm. Texas Southern, they're part of the SWAC. But uh, the CIAA was basically made up of uh, Howard University, Morgan State University, West Virginia. In those years. In those years. Mm-hmm. West Virginia State University, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina Central University, uh, Johnson C. Smith University. Mm-hmm. Sure. So these were the schools, Fayetteville State University, mm-hmm. Elizabeth City State. Mm-hmm. So these were the schools that, uh, and I should say Hampton. Yes, of course. Because it's interesting now that Hampton has moved on. What are you? What are They're you in the MEAC. Are they, is Hampton still, I thought Hampton no, moved no, no. to the big, they moved to the, this what was, was the first year. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about in today's world, yeah. I mean, very this recently, I think year. this year, this is, is their first, first year out, out of the MEAC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, so, yes, no, yeah. yeah. But uh, this was established, and here we go back to what we talked about the last uh, episode, Edward Bancroft Henderson, mm-hmm. and he was helpful in uh, coming up with, I guess, the framework for a lot of these black institutions to start a conference. Mm-hmm. And the CIAA in 1923, uh, as I said, the Colored Intercollegiate Athletic Association, as they were known. Mm-hmm. Basically, Lincoln University was a part of that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Lincoln in Pennsylvania, sure. the Lincoln in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, were, uh, the form, they helped to form the whole uh, uh, league at the beginning mm-hmm. and the officiating and what have sure. you. And, and, and CIAA still exists today. Of course. Yeah, of course, of course. I think it's uh, Division Two, mm-hmm. not Division uh, yeah. Division uh, One. one. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the MEAC is. Mm-hmm. And most of the MEAC schools, uh, with the exception of FAMU, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Most of the MEA and uh, South Carolina State, they were schools that originally were in the SIAC. Uh-huh. But uh, the, most of the schools that are in the MEAC uh, come from the Seattle Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So, but Earl Lloyd uh, was a product of West Virginia State University, and uh, he uh, went to a very famous uh, high school in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, mm. called Parker Gray High School. Mm. Yeah. And uh, my brother could tell you a little bit more about that. Well, Parker Gray uh, is a notable um, in its own right. It was, um, it came out of two high, uh, two schools, actually, that were constructed to be one. Um, one was actually an all-girls school called the Howell School for Girls. And that was run uh, by a woman by the name of Sarah Gray. Mm-hmm. And the other school was the Howell School for Girls. And it was, I mean, um, I'm sorry, the Snowden School for Boys. Mm-hmm. And it was run by a man by the name of John Parker, hence the name Parker mm-hmm. Gray. Mm-hmm. And um, Parker Gray was also located in um, an area in Alexandria called um, the Black Rosemont. Uh-huh. And it, it's a section where um, a lot of African Americans in Alexandria mm-hmm. own their own homes and they own their own businesses. Mm-hmm. So Parker Gray was developed out of this whole community. Uh, some of the most notable people that went to Parker Gray uh, went on to do great things. And it's uh, funny that we're talking about Earl Lloyd. Uh, one of the first principals at Parker Gray was a man by the name of William H. Pitts. Now, he did not attend Parker Gray, but Pitts was the principal of the school from 1938 to 1965, and he had a major influence. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> he had a major influence on the athletics at uh-huh. Parker Gray uh, High School because he came from Virginia Union, and he was a member of the 1923 Virginia Union football team yeah. that was a, a CIAA champion and was the number one uh, college black college football team by the Pittsburgh Courier of that year of 1923. So you can see where the influence of Earl Gray and many of the other players that Francis is going to talk about uh, who were part of that 1946 Parker Gray mm-hmm. High School basketball team. Cool. All right. Well, the, um, it's interesting because Parker Gray uh, and, and my brother was talking about uh, the principal but their famous uh, football, basketball, baseball coach at Parker Gray was named Lewis Johnson. And Lewis Johnson was the coach of all of these sports from 1939 to 1959. And they won quite a few mm-hmm. state, you know, you're talking about a segregated society there. And so the black, uh, black high schools played in their own tournament in mm-hmm. Richmond. Uh, they played basically against Parker Gray, went up against I.C. Norcom in Portsmouth, they went against Maggie Walker. Uh, mm-hmm. They played Armstrong in Washington, uh-huh, D.C., sure. you know, and Dunbar. Because basically all these teams, these high schools never competed against white high yeah, schools. Right. Yeah. So Huntington and, and, and uh, Hampton, Virginia, yeah. you know, these, these, that's what they, but, but uh, Lewis Johnson was well known. And Parker Gray had a, a collection of athletes that uh, would go on to other schools, uh, Oliver Ellis, that played, that they wanted, they had a championship team when Earl Lloyd was a senior. And Oliver Ellis was on that team and he started Virginia State University. They had uh, a player by the name of William Red Jackson, who was a sophomore at the time that uh, Earl Lloyd was a senior. And Red Jackson would go on to be a star quarterback at North Carolina A&T. 
So Earl Lloyd um, uh, played there up until, I guess, around 1945. And uh, should I say March 46. Mm -hmm. And uh, he took his talents to West Virginia State University. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because West Virginia State University has a history uh, as far as athletics goes uh, by a man by the name of Mark Cardwell. Mm -hmm. and Mark Cardwell was a coach there for close to 20 years, and he coached football and basketball. He had championship teams in football. Mm -hmm. He had championship. He had outstanding football players, uh, and he had championship teams in football and the team. I mean basketball, excuse me. And the team that Earl Lloyd would go on to play with was one of the great uh, teams, not only at West Virginia State, State University, mm -hmm. but in terms of the CIAA. Uh, but it's ironic that Earl Lloyd would play with, uh, on a championship team in uh, 1947 and 1948 that was uh, undefeated. They were the right. only undefeated team. They went 32-0, and 0, only collegiate mm -hmm. team, black or white, that was undefeated. They won the CIAA regular season, and they won the CIAA uh, tournament. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had, against Howard. Uh, yeah, they beat Howard <laughs> as a matter of fact. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they beat they they had um, Clarence Rockhold, they had uh, Clarence Clark, uh, and they had William Nunn and Joe Gilliam Senior. Now William mm -hmm. Nunn. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe Gilliam Senior is the a father of Joe Gilliam, the quarterback at Tennessee mm -hmm. State. But Joe Gilliam Senior also uh, was an outstanding basketball and football player, and then he went on to be an outstanding athletic mm -hmm. uh, assistant coach at Tennessee State University. But um, it's interesting that Bill Nunn, whose father uh, was on the basketball team, Bill Nunn uh, was, uh, went on to be an uh, outstanding sports writer for the Pittsburgh Courier, and he was a scout for the Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Steelers, and he's one of the reasons why Players like John Stallworth and Elsie Greenwood and oh, Joe yeah, Green, sure. and, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. the black college players that played for uh, Frenchy Fuqua that went to Morgan State. Mm -hmm. A lot of the black college players that went on to uh, play for the Steelers were uh, on the advice of Bill Nunn. Mm -hmm. But uh, Bill Nunn also played with another uh, player who was the first player drafted by NBA team, and that was Chuck Cooper. And, All right. And Chuck mm -hmm. Cooper played with Bill Nunn at Westinghouse High School mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. And uh, he, uh, they won the Pittsburgh City Championship in 1942. And uh, Chuck Cooper uh, went to West Virginia State his freshman year, but only for a semester. And then mm -hmm. he went into the Army in 1944, mm -hmm. uh, in the uh, spring of 44. And he was in the Army from 44 to... 45, and then when he got out of the Army in 46, he transferred to Duquesne University. But back to Earl Lloyd, uh, Earl Lloyd was, was something, I mean, he's one of the best players to ever play in the CIAA. Mm -hmm. uh, even though the team was uh, outstanding, and how, you know, they really mm -hmm. were, they won the CIAA tournament, and they won the regular season, and they this won for almost three years, where they were the top dogs in the um, CIAA. Mm -hmm. But he was head and heads and shoulders above everybody. He was a nickname Big Cat, and uh, he was outstanding rebounder and scorer. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think by the time he got to the NBA, he was basically known as a rebounder. But at that particular time, he was he was six foot five, mm -hmm. and uh, he was a dominant player. 
Well, it's interesting, you know, there are, you know, you can find, you know, some clips on, on YouTube mm-hmm. and you can see, see him playing and you know, it's, 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 it, it, his style of play from the little bit you could see, mm-hmm. he doesn't look, um, you know, anachronistic in any way. Right. He's like fluid. He can, he can put the ball on the floor. Right. He, I mean, he can certainly, he had a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think people still think. I mean, you, you, there are still a few set shotters, mm-hmm. uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, even in the NBA in those yeah, years. Yes. But uh, it was it was really interesting to to look and see him play. He's a fluid player, yeah. very athletic, mm-hmm. rebounding. Um, but I was I I was a little impressed with a lot of the shots of more more offensive shots, mm-hmm. and he could take it to the hoop. Yeah. yeah. If you look at a lot of his early play, you can see some of the later influences of players that came after Earl Lloyd. Mm-hmm. They adapted a lot of his skill set. A lot of his jumping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was a major influence on the players that came after him as well. Another thing I, I just want to briefly touch on, you know, the CIAA tournament around that time was first played at Turner's Arena, and you being from Washington, what we all uh, <laughs> here have lived in Washington, D.C., uh, Turner's Arena was on 14th and W Street, mm-hmm. which is in the heart of, mm-hmm. uh, of course, it's torn down now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, 14th and U, I mean, U Street, yeah. U Street corridor is totally sure. different than it was. I mean, yeah, it was totally different than what it was when I was a kid. And, and when you I know. were in high school, it's totally yeah. different now. Yeah. But the Turner's Arena was the place chosen. The people, the, the first CIAA tournament was in 1946, and uh, John McClendon, John Burr, from mm. Iowa University, Harry Jefferson. Mm. And Talmadge Hill, and Talmadge Hill was an assistant football coach and a basketball coach at Morgan State University. Mm-hmm. And really, John McClendon told me that uh, Talmadge Hill was really the architect. Uh, William Bell, who was a basketball, I mean, a football coach at, um, at uh, North Carolina a and mm-hmm. he was uh, the head of the CIAA. Mm-hmm. And he, was, mm-hmm. he assigned these four gentlemen to create a basketball tournament because they had been taught uh, from the teams and the, uh, uh, the coaches and everybody wanted some type of CIAA tournament, and so they decided on Turner's Arena. And I and you know you have to look and understand what Washington D.C. was at that mm-hmm. time and what the U Street corridor was. It was considered a Black Broadway. Yeah, it was an entertainment yeah. like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how, how do you an it's entertainment like section. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was that was where my mom tells me stories of going to what the Bohemian Caverns, yeah, yeah, the yeah, great jazz clubs. Right. Even even when I was a kid, I used to go to the Lincoln the Theater. It was a movie theater in those yeah, days. Uh-huh. The Howard Theater yeah, is right up there, which one of the the great you know theaters on the Chitlin Circuit. So this was yeah, this was Broadway for Washington D.C. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the things that Tom Mitchell got together with John Burke at Howard and 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 Harry Jefferson at Virginia mm-hmm. State, and they sat down and they just said, okay, we're going to and and John McClendon, they they just said we're going to have this tournament in Washington, because at that time you knew everybody was going to sure. with all these teams. You know everybody in Washington is going to come out Absolutely. to see this tournament <laughs> of all these great yeah. players and these great schools. Yeah. And then uh, you have alumni in that mm-hmm. area also. So Turner Arena was uh, on 14th and W. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, they knew immediately that 1946 was the first um, Virginia, play, Virginia Union played uh, North Carolina Central in the championship game. And Central won. John McClendon's team won. 
um, a man by the name of James Delf- Dilworth, mm-hmm. who played for Virginia Union, was the first MVP. Mm-hmm. And he's from New York. He's from mm-hmm. Jamaica, New York. But uh, the, they knew immediately from those two days the way Turner Arena was packed. Yeah. And, and the CIAA tournament is yeah. uh, they recently moved from Charlotte this year. It's going to be in Baltimore. But they knew from that first tournament that it was going to be a success and it was going to mm-hmm. be packed. And I think the 48, when Earl Lord and West Virginia State won the Yellow Jackets, mm-hmm. won that tournament, they played in Turner Arena. Later, they moved to Uline Arena. Which I remember Uline Arena. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah mm-hmm. they moved to the Uline Arena, I think, for uh, the last year uh, of his collegiate career. That's where they played the championship mm-hmm. game. But when they played anything at Turner Arena, uh, Turner's Arena, it was, uh, and and that's where the Washington D.C. Bears also played. That's another all-black oh, yes. professional mm-hmm. team that uh, Hal Jackson owned, the, the mm-hmm. great um, disc jockey owned. They played their games on Sunday afternoons at Turner Arena and always packed out. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, but Lloyd Lloyd uh, 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 is considered one of the all-time great players in the CIAA mm-hmm. and. He was the, as I said, uh, driven to a tryout on uh, April 25th, 1950. Uh, the Washington Capitals <coughs> held a tryout, and John McClendon, Jones, <coughs> Earl Lloyd, and one of his players, named called Harold Hunter. Mm-hmm. And Harold Hunter was a, a fantastic guard for North Carolina Center. He drove them to the tryout. And the uh, NBA uh, draft was held in Chicago on the 25th Mm -hmm. of April Mm -hmm. of that year. And that's when the Boston Celtics drafted Chuck Cooper. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit. Can can you give us any background on the the NBA in those years? Well, it was a fledgling league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. I mean, case in point, uh, Earl Lloyd was drafted by the uh, Capitals. Uh, Mm -hmm. They drafted... Uh, he was drafted in the ninth round, and, and, and Harold Hunter was drafted. And the franchise, Earl Lloyd, that first season, played seven games. And, the franchise and they, disbanded. they disbanded it immediately. Was hard, after yeah, that. Yeah. You know, it was a hard time. It's not like now yeah. where the Wizards play, and they, have, they play downtown, and they have a major arena. I mean, even when the Bullets uh, moved from Baltimore mm-hmm. To Washington, they didn't actually play in Washington. Mm. They played in Landover, yeah. and mm-hmm. it was very, very hard. I think for uh, baseball, the Senators. I mean, well, the Grays, the Homestead Grays, outdrew the Senators. Mm, yeah, it did. was very hard. I think the Redskins probably didn't have a problem, but it's hard for baseball, and it was hard, definitely for basketball, to for some reason to make it in Washington. I mean. They needed the Capitals that who drafted Earl Lloyd. Mm-hmm. They uh, needed uh, twenty five hundred people, spectators every game to break even, and they were only getting like a thousand people to come mm-hmm. to the game. So they disbanded after seven games of Earl Lloyd's mm-hmm. rookie year. They disbanded. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so then. I mean, what, yeah. yeah so, I mean, well, Lloyd. But he went into the he went to the army. He went to the army. But that. some of the, the mm-hmm. team the players that were on the Capitals when they disbanded were picked up by other teams, mm-hmm. and that's why when he got an army, the Nationals held his rights. They had his rights. That's right. You yeah. Know, so the Syracuse yeah, Nationals right. had his rights, and uh, you know he went to the Syracuse Nationals, and he had a mm-hmm. he had a fine career. Uh, 
They won the mm-hmm. Nationals won the NBA championship. Well, well, before we get into that, now, um, now you, you you talked a little bit about how he was drafted and Chuck Cooper was yeah, drafted. They, well, they were all drafted. Well, they, were, they all well, came the, in the same draft. Yeah, right? this is nineteen fifty. Mm-hmm. Chuck Cooper was the fourteenth player mm-hmm. taken on the first round, uh, drafted. Uh, then, uh, as I said before, Lloyd came in the ninth round mm-hmm. and Harold Hunter later. Uh, they signed, and I mean they, I mean uh, Earl Lloyd and Harold Hunter signed their contracts, I guess, on before the draft. Mm-hmm. They were drafted, but they had already signed. This wasn't released in the press mm-hmm. uh, until a week later. Uh, Chuck Cooper signed his, uh, I think, around the 28th mm-hmm. of April. Uh, so Lloyd made his debut. On October uh, 31st. Halloween the, night. Yeah, against the Rochester Royals <laughs> yeah. in, in Rochester, mm-hmm. New York. Uh, Cooper made his debut the next night, mm-hmm. November 1st. And then four nights later, Nat Sweetwater Clifton, the center yeah. uh, for uh, the New York Knicks. First black. First yeah. New black York Knickerbocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, made his four nights later. It's interesting to note that uh, all of these players... Went to historically black colleges and universities mm-hmm. at one time. Yeah, you know, you had Earl Lloyd at West Virginia mm-hmm. State. Cooper went to West Virginia State alibi for a, a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, you had uh, Sweetwater mm-hmm. Clifton who played. Was there any integration at the major white schools by this time? Of course. No, yeah, there was some. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Was yeah. I mean, you but know. There, but still, the the black colleges were still uh, really no, I mean, uh, an Arthur, intense. Yeah, lead. you had Arthur Wilson at, at yeah. Princeton. Yeah, of mm. course. You, I mean, and that was in the early 40s. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Spencer Jameson at mm-hmm. City College. Mm-hmm. I mean, here in New York, mm-hmm. Dolly King had played at LIU yeah. in the third, late mm-hmm. 30s. So there was uh, basketball players at major colleges and mm-hmm. universities at that time. But uh, it was ironic because you had, here you have Lloyd, as I said, mm-hmm. Cooper, went to the historical black college and university. Matt Clifton played at Xavier University mm-hmm. in uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And then Hank Dizoni, who a lot of people don't really do, because Dizoni only played five games with the Tri-City Blackhawks, which later became St. Louis Hawks and then mm-hmm. Atlanta Hawks, which we have yeah. nowadays. Dizoni went to, uh, he played professionally with the New York Renaissance, which was an all-black yeah, basketball yes, team. Yeah, a classic team. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Dizoni went to uh, Clark College in Atlanta, which is mm-hmm. not Clark Atlanta University. So, uh, he, you know, the, the black, historically black colleges and universities find their way, you know, even on the professional level yeah. and, breaking, and breaking color barriers. But, uh, you know, Lloyd played... But the Nationals were the Nationals were one of the original yeah. NBA teams. Yeah, the team. Um, um, they had a, they have a, they have a few historical <laughs> achievements. Yeah. you know, among them, I think we talked about this a little earlier. The shot clock, uh, the shot clock mm-hmm. started at a twenty four second mm-hmm, clock, mm-hmm. and then of course they eventually became the Philadelphia Sixers. Yeah, and, that, and that here again, their history because they had the first two African Americans mm-hmm. to play on a championship NBA championship team in nineteen fifty five. They had mm-hmm. Lloyd. A player by the name of Jim Tucker, who Jim Tucker went on to play. Uh, well, he played collegiately at the King University mm-hmm. after Chuck Cooper. Mm-hmm. So uh, and it's, and the Nationals also known for some other NBA Hall of Fame. Well, Dolph Shays, you know, yeah, Dick Barnett uh, played there. Dick, but there you go. Yeah, uh-huh. his career there. Um, <clears throat> um, so and of course 
This was uh, the team that Lloyd played on that beat won an NBA championship. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. they won in 1955, I think. Lloyd played to 1957 when he joined the he traded to the Detroit Pistons, and uh, he two seasons with Detroit, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that the end of his career. He did uh, become an assistant coach, mm-hmm. uh, and he was also one of the first. I mean, he's the third. Uh, All right. Oh, the yeah. third head coach. Her head coach. Head professional coach. Professional. John McClendon with the mm-hmm. Cleveland Pipers and then Bill, uh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. And the Boston then Earl Celtics. Lloyd in the, in the mm-hmm. 70s. But Earl Lloyd didn't last for He didn't last very long as a yeah. head coach. Yeah. I mean, they uh-huh. went two and five mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, 71, 72. But they play. I mean, the NBA was playing, what, about 70 games in no, those they, days? They were playing 82. They were playing 82 by, 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 by that time. So he got fired after yeah. seven games. Uh, you know, I mean, but he was an assistant coach after that. That, yeah, with yeah. the franchise mm-hmm. and, and the scout, oh, yeah, he was a scout. Yeah, for many he was years. One of, for many years with the franchise, but then uh, he was in. Uh, uh, he did community uh, work yes. mm-hmm. in the city of Detroit, and as uh, my brother and I know, when we were doing research for the book. Uh, we ran into Dave Bing at the Basketball Hall uh-huh. of Fame, and at that time, we, you know, he told us Earl Lloyd was uh, working for his company, which Bing Steel in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's some really uh, terrific clips of him online, mm-hmm. kind of talking about his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he talks quite a bit about you know uh, coming through the black college ranks uh, and how you know there was such a flow of talented players there mm-hmm. uh, that you know he he wasn't worried when he went into the pros. <laughs> he, he he was he was ready, and he, he it was a very, it's a very interesting uh, interviews with him, and uh, he had some very actually funny things to say about. Opening up his career on Halloween night, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's a very different world in the NBA that we see today, obviously, than in the world of the National Basketball Association in the nineteen fifties. Um, but uh, I mean, these are he is one of several foundational players mm-hmm. that you know make this incredible, extravagant league possible mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, any other words about? Earl Lloyd? Well, not that, that he got inducted to the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame, which I think as a contributor, and he is a contributor. I think Sweetwater Clifton, I think all of the, the, the African-American players that broke the, that helped to break it in, Chuck Cooper, mm-hmm. Sweetwater Clifton, yeah. and even Dizoni, I think uh, there was a player by the name of Robert Wilson who played with Earl Lloyd in college who went on to play for one season in the NBA. I think all of the early players in the NBA... Uh, you have to understand that by the 1950s, Jackie Robinson, Larry Doby, they had already, mm-hmm. Satchel Page had already broken the color barrier in terms of baseball. So they made it easier for a lot of things to go on in professional sports. But uh, I just think that all of these these three players and Hank DeZoni and Robert Wilson, the first players in the NBA, are really they're the players uh, that set the set the stage for the Bill Russells and what we have now. I mean, at that particular time, you know, you just had like four or five players, the black players, to see the league now. You know, it would be hard for people to even mm-hmm. grasp that now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he uh, Erlon was inducted into the to the uh, the basketball hall of fame in what two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away on February twenty sixth, twenty fifteen, at the age of eighty six. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a profile of uh, great basketball player, uh, hall of fame basketball player, 
uh, Earl Lloyd, and uh, that's going to end our show tonight. Um, uh, but we'll be back very shortly with another episode of, of Sierra Athletics Media. Thanks uh, to both of you for um, you. You know, you. for tonight's episode, and we'll be talking again soon. Thank okay. you very much, and happy birthday, Dr. Martin Luther King. That's it's right, coming right up. Birthday. Yeah, we're, we're recording this on the just before the, uh, the Martin Luther King's birthday, so okay. absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Captain.